Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. <laughs> I am, really. And with me is Liberty DeVito, and I have made him absolute. Okay, so we are in my mother's den in New York City. And it, it's nice. It's, it's, Very nice. it's nice, right? Yeah. But it was a little crazy because today the modem wasn't working in the living room, right? So today my mother had somebody come change the modem. I was a nervous wreck that it was going to knock us offline. So sure enough, five minutes before we're going online, well, for the last 45 minutes, we're on and offline. So we were all set up in the living room to have this nice table and chairs and everything. and well lit and now instead wait I have to see what we look like let's see what we look like so now instead Samantha had a race to like oh you know what we're pretty well lit we look good this we look good I think we look good I think we look good so we look pretty good so it's a little so a li so I, I'm like yelling at my mother and I'm yelling at Samantha and I'm making Liberty crazy so all right so so now I'm gonna chill out so now I'm gonna chill out so we can have some fun so all right so Thank God, thank God I'm in recovery because we're drinking right now. <laughs> okay, so so that's a really good that's a really good I, I would be too. But you know that's part of the problem is that there's no like little drink to take the edge off no. in times like this. No. So what do you do to take the edge off in times like this? Well, my drums, of course, you know, I get to I get to beat something every time I walk on stage. That is such a good thing. Do you do it at home? It's, well, I have a practice pad in the coffee table. When I watch TV, I take it out. But um, no, I don't have drums in the apartment. You obviously can't have drums in the apartment. But what is like? Okay, so Liberty and I are both sober. I'm sober 16 years. You're 15. Okay, so we're like right, right yeah. there. So we've had coping skills we've had to learn coping skills yes. for a long time yes. so playing the drums I don't have drums what, what else um, what else takes the edge off for you well it's, it's a, <laughs> the fact that I have a little baby now okay this is another story that we have to tell how old is your baby Liberty a year and a half and you had you had her when you were how old 66 and I love this story for so many reasons okay so Having a baby, but you have like unbelievable patience now, right? You, are you, do you think you're like you're a better dad this time around? Y yes, I don't think I was a bad dad. Right? But, no, no, no. But back, dad. back when the other girls were born, yeah, um, we did an album, one on the road, did an album, one on the road. So I didn't have a lot. I wasn't really involved a lot. So you lost long stretches because, like, with yes. this. Okay, so for those of you who have been on the moon, Liberty was with. Billy Joel for 30 years yeah. so there was a lot of being on the road a lot of being on the road a lot of being on the road so so how long would a stretch be when you do an album and then do a tour um I would say we would go out if we went to Australia and Japan right. at the same time we would be gone for about three months you know wow so you come back you see completely different kids when you yeah. get back I uh, my daughter Tori plays violin, and I used to hear her practice over the phone. You know, we didn't have, didn't have cell phones then. There was no uh, what do you call it? Internet. That? There's no FaceTime. What do you call FaceTime? <laughs> what do you kids call it? Samantha, hi, thank. Samantha did such a great job resetting and setting, and and, and we look pretty saint, good. You have a saint over there. She's know. fantastic, yes. right? She stayed really calm. She's not like me. She was really cool and chill, and she got. And also, she can type. Her. Do, do your daughters type really fast with the phone? Yeah, I mean, craziness. it's unbelievable, right? It's like crazy. Yeah, and I'm like a mess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so you'd come back. So you'd, you'd hear the violin over the phone. Yeah, and uh, I'd come back, 
And, and the, the tough part back then was that I didn't want to do any discipline uh, stuff. Okay. Because I was only there a short time. Right. So I wanted to be the good, good guy. Right, good I didn't job. want them to be like, oh, Dad's coming home. We're going to go hide under the bed, you know. No. <laughs> And so he was I was the, the rock fun and guy. roll dad. I was the fun guy yeah. and the rock and roll dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But this time, uh, my wife works, and uh, I get I stay with the baby all day. And okay, so what? She's is so attached to me that I even have to put her to sleep at night. Oh. I rock her in a rocker that we have in her room, and she falls asleep and I put her in bed. And she cries when daddy's not there. She cries when daddy's not there. <laughs> Today was the first day. Uh, my wife's work, they have a, a child care center. Right. So we, we thought that if I have to play one day and my mother-in-law can't watch the kid, what are we going to do? So we better test the child care center. Yes. My wife was a wreck, first of all. Yes. A wreck. Yes. Because she's always with family, yeah. but this time she's with strangers. And she did well. She cried a few times. She had a lot of French fries. I, <laughs> She eats French fries in a year and a half. I love yes, this she baby. Loves French fries. Harry, so Harry did too. My son did too. He used to go Donald's fries. Donald used to ask for it. My favorite stuff is grilled cheese, French fries. Nice. It's a good diet. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like my diet. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So this time around, you're a full time. You're a full time dad, basically. I am, um, and a drummer on the side. When so, I was a drummer and a dad on the side, <laughs> but this time the other way around. But you have a really fabulous relationships with your daughter. So, so your daughter. So, let's talk about them a little bit because my daughter is now obsessed about your daughter. So, tell us about a little bit about Tor. Tori's your oldest. No, Tori's the. Oh, she's the middle. She's the second now. I All can't right. say middle anymore because <laughs> there's the little one now. <laughs> there's four of them. There's two in the middle. Okay, so Tori. So, tell us about Tori. Tori is the actress. And Tori was on. Oh well, she was on. Pretty Little Liars, and she was on One Tree Hill. Which which Samantha and Harry had been watching all summer long. Yeah, Samantha was, for the second She was time. the nasty nanny. What was the nanny's name? Carrie. Nanny Carrie, right. Nanny, right. Carrie. nanny Carrie. No, but nasty wasn't the word you used before to describe her. What was the word he used? Insane. The, the yeah, like yeah. But um, now she's on Chicago Med, which is on uh, Network NBC. TV. Yeah, it's part of that. The, the three of them, there's Chicago Med, Chicago PD, and Chicago Fire. <laughs> and now, uh, this season, when, when they come on, um, they're all going to be in a row. Wow. You know. So, yeah, it's crazy. But when she goes to the signings, you know, they, yeah. they, they go to these signings, uh, they, they go to France, and they sign things for kids. And yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, she's always remembered as... That's the crazy nanny. Yeah, that one's still big. Memorable role. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So, what do you other do? What does the oldest do? The oldest is going to school to become a registered nurse. Nice. And the one under Tory, I can't say youngest anymore, but the one under Tory is getting ready to go on the road with Fleetwood Mac. She's gonna get out. Yeah, she's doing makeup and. Uh, I I met her. She's yeah, she's she she's, her, she's a yeah. rockin'. I love her. Yeah, she's hair's fabulous. a different color every week, you know. And, and she's got some tats and stuff going tats. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's going on the road with Fleetwood Mac doing makeup? She's going to do wardrobe and makeup. Wow, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, and the youngest, she's just laying there. She's just no, laying she there being just lay there. She <laughs> runs around. She runs down and march, 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 march. So how, how okay, so the, I didn't tell you this before the show, but I was hinting to it. So I have this thing, this, this theory that um, has come up because I'm seeing somebody very young. He's 36. And so the issue comes up about, okay, well, what is what happens if he wants to have kids? Because clearly that... Right. It can work for you guys. Oh, yeah. It can work the other way around. That that yeah. machine's been that's closed down. So I and I had just I had just spoken to Alec Baldwin the night before, and Alec has four children under the age of five, and he's sixty. Okay. All right. A woman can't do that. No. So I was looking, doing some research, and I discovered that 0.3% of the population, the woman, is over 20 years older than the guy. So what do you do if he, if he it doesn't know if he wants to have kids? Well, you have to break up. I said, oh, my God, we have to break up. So my friend Zoe said, no, you, you don't have to break up because the average life expectancy for an American woman is 73 to 78 years old. So I said, are you telling me I'm gonna die in like 15 years? <laughs> so she said, you're telling me I'm gonna die. And Alzheimer's runs in my family, basically eight years. I won't remember him, he can go do whatever. We better hurry up and get So, So anyway, the point is that even if I live 25 years, he could still have kids. He would be, he would be like your age, he could still, have an, another yes. life and still have kids. That's the point, is that men can do this. Men can still. So how is it for you being in your 60s and having this baby? I mean, is it, what, what is it like for you? You know, people say uh, being a grandparent is the greatest thing in the world. Right. Because they're usually retired and they spend a lot of time with their grandchild. Right. It's the same for me. The only thing that I can't do that a grandparent does is give the kid back to the parents <laughs> at night. No, we still have to get up in the middle of the night if she starts crying, bring her into bed, she sleeps sideways and kicked you, you know. So do you do that? Do you do the middle of the night getting up and... I don't. My wife okay. does. Okay. Yeah, you, don't don't. Do, you don't do that. I'm deaf from drumming, you know. <laughs> That's a good excuse. That's I, I can't you. hear. The, the monitor, the little monitor, she's crying, I don't hear. Yeah, but I, they don't know that you told me the story about when you were when to go into the service and how you faked your hearing tests so that <laughs> you wouldn't get, get in. How, yeah, Liberty has great ways to fake the test, which I now know how to use for, for other things, but thank you. Um, okay, so, so let's go back to when you were a little kid. So you're a little kid. Where'd you grow up? I grew up, um, I, I say I grew up in Seaford. Long Island. Okay. Seaford, Long Island. And and long and so Billy was a, a Long Island kid. So Billy was in Hicksville, which is right above, like above Seaford. Yeah. But now before before you connect with Billy, when do you start to? Are, are you musical from always? Is that part of your life? Always loved music. Okay. Used to mow lawns and go buy forty fives. Oh, forty fives. Yeah. yeah. First one I ever bought was the Book of Love by the Monotones. Mm -hmm. Who wrote the book? Yeah, yes, yeah. That one. <laughs> so, 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 so now, all right. So you love music. Are you? Are you? What? What? How do you know you drumming? Okay, like, here's, here's the thing. Yeah. I don't know why I started playing drums. Later in life, I asked my father why the drums, and he said because they didn't make Prozac when you were a kid. <laughs> so I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, um, to slow me down a little bit. <laughs> so did they give it to you or did you ask for them? 
No, they, my, a cousin of mine was uh, selling an old set of drums. Okay. Because he was buying a new set. Mm -hmm. And uh, my how, parents... How old are you? I am in 12th grade. How old are you then? I'm not 12th grade, excuse me. Uh, I'm in 6th grade. Okay, so you're like 12. Yeah, 12 yeah, years yeah. old. And um, so they get they bring home these drums and it's like, oh, this is cool. Now, your pa it doesn't dawn on your parents that if they bring you home drums, the house is going to get like really noisy? Well, my mother loved music. She used to really? cut school to go see Frank Sinatra. Oh. You know, stuff like that. My father, my mother always said my father was a square. And he, <laughs> didn't know much about music but um so they bring home these drums and I joined the sixth grade school band and I can't do the buzz roll in the Star Spangled Banner you know the, the drums go <laughs> through the whole Star Spangled Banner okay right I can't do it the teacher says put the sticks down DeVito you'll never do anything with the drums do we do we know this teacher do we remember this teacher's name um I don't remember. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you were wrong. <laughs> well, I think he's, he's six feet under by now, but... <laughs> I don't know. You're all, no, no. Well, if I was in sixth grade, and he was the teacher already? I don't know. I don't know. Everybody seemed very old when we were young, right? They were very old. <laughs> I had, we had a teacher in, in, the, in elementary school, Miss Fox. She, used to, she was really old, and she used to wear these shoes that had rubber on the bottom and they would squeak when she gave them all like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. everybody was old you're right well but we thought ever you know i thought when my mother was 30 i thought she was old i have a different perspective now don't Definitely. you oh, yeah. yeah okay yeah, so i, I yeah. don't feel old no we're not old no <laughs> um so okay so um, i'm now it's, i'm getting older and i'm in junior high school yeah and I, I'm, oh wait, you can't do the thing. I can't do the How do you learn to do the thing? I, I, I still can't do the thing. <laughs> because, listen to me now. Uh, I'm in uh, junior high school and I'm walking through the halls and I'm noticing these other beings and they're called girls and I want to meet them, but the girls in my school like the, um, the boys that uh, played sports. Right. I tried sports, I tried baseball, put my hand out to catch You're the tall. Ball. Didn't work? No. no. Put the hand out, it landed over there the ball. <laughs> I found out I needed glasses. No I, ba no basketball for the tall no, boy? No. no. Back in the 60s, what kind of glasses did they have? Like Buddy Holly, right? Oh, they God, yeah. Them. Anyway, so who wants to go out with a guy that can't, can't play, play sports and wear glasses, <laughs> right? But then in 1964, now I'm, I'm 13 years old, turning 14, and my heroes come on the Ed Sullivan show. They were in black and white, yeah, the Beatles. And uh, I, I watched the, uh, the, the, the TV and I noticed that when they panned off, the camera panned off the Beatles, it went to the crowd and there was all these girls screaming and standing on the chairs screaming at the Beatles. And then my sister and her friends were looking at the black and white TV, screaming at the TV. <laughs> I thought, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's what. Good Bring, motivation. Forget the bus roll. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to do what that guy's doing right there. So was Ringo? So Ringo was your first inspiration. Was he? Did, yes. Yeah. Do you still? Is Ringo still? Ringo's still up there. Yes. You see, he's definitely still up there. He was actually only bumped off the throne once by a guy named Dino Dinelli, who was in the Young Rascals. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been other guys that I uh, that I've. Um, 
you know, admired and, and listened to, the, to learn. Jim Capaldi, one of them, from Traffic. There's so many of them. I've seen you play with a bunch. I'm not. I'm not going to name them now because you outdrum them. But I've seen you play with, <laughs> with some. Yes, you did. I've, I've seen you outdrum quite a few at Nam. And, and uh, um, but that's like a whole. But but here, well, you know what? I mean, you, you know, really like somebody told me once that even if the drummer that plays before me is better than I am, there's something about. He said, use the word chi. Use the word oh, chi. That makes it seemed like I'm better, you know, like, because I'm really into it. <laughs> you are. I'm not technical, I'm just... I'm, You're not technical? See, I, I, don't, I, I don't know anything about I that. I don't read music, I don't write music, I don't know any, any of that stuff. Okay, so so let's talk about how you went from being that 16-year-old kid who's watching the Beatles to realizing that... So, how did, so what happened? Well, I, be, I became... I, I had to learn how to play drums, so so my mother said, said to go for lessons again. I went to this guy, wanted to teach me jazz. I said, when are you going to teach me how to play Ringo? He said, Ringo stinks. You know, of course. Uh, so anyway, um, I learned myself. I record, Records became my books. Wow. But like how, but there weren't videos then and stuff, so no. you would listen, listen, but how did you know by listening what to hit? Well, I could hear the difference in the sounds of the drums. So I'm listening to sounds, but I'm also having a problem because I don't know how to follow, I can't write out the song to know where I am. So I have to learn the lyrics of the song so I can sing along to know where I am in the song. And then as I'm doing that, I realize, wow, the drummer does his fill when the singer stops singing. And the drummer does a fill to take the band into a more exciting part, like the bridge or the, or the chorus uh -huh. of the song. Uh -huh. And I actually took that in the studio with me with Billy Joel, and he would give me his lyrics, whether the, while the other guys were writing notes out of the music. Right. He would give me his lyrics because I want to know what his song is about, because the, the mood has to be the same as what he's singing about. I think that's I think that's what translates in your drumming. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's it right there. I think you just said it. And that's that's what Ringo did really well. Okay, so early influence Ringo. You're you're 16. What, 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 you're playing in a, in a band. What what are you doing? I play in a band. I had a band. My first band was called the Rogues. Okay. A bunch of guys from Secret High School. Yeah. You know, we played a high school dance. Yeah. And, uh, Look, I was the kind of kid that, um, there was two kinds of kids in, in our school. There was collegians, they wore uh, Madras shirts and, and um, beige. Santa doesn't even know what a Madras shirt is. Do you know what a Madras shirt is? No. Beige <laughs> wranglers and, and penny loafers. Wranglers, another word you know. Wranglers were like the jeans yeah. when we were kids. And then there was the geese. That, that's oh what God. I would think. We were like John Travolta in Greece, like that kind of, <laughs> those kind of people. Yeah. Until the Beatles came out and then you started to grow your hair long and dressed like them. And um, so nobody really talked to the geese. There was more collegians than geese. But the day after I played a high school dance, a school dance, when I got back, went back to school, people came up to me and were saying like, wow, that was really good. You guys were really good last night. So the drums kind of made me popular, you know? Right. I had an identity then, that I was the drummer. You know, in my yearbook, people wrote, Keep practicing, and I'll see you at Madison Square Garden one day. Little one guy wrote. Know. One guy wrote, "Keep your head, and one day you'll play with Steve Winwood." So when we did the bridge album, Steve Winwood played. I brought my yearbook in and I showed it to him. Oh my 
That's crazy. 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 That's crazy. That's what was he tickled by that? Yeah, he goes, like, you're making me feel old. <laughs> all right, because he was around when you were still in high school. Yeah. He was already making music. Oh, my God. So, all right, so you're playing this little high school thing, and, and are the girls, like, coming around? Well, yeah, now, when, when I got in, got in high school, I had, like, one girlfriend that I really... I wanted, yeah. I wanted to marry this girl when I was in high school. But I loved the drums, too. And... Um, you know, she used to sit there when I practice and stuff like that. And uh, I wanted to marry her, and I called her father and asked if I could. And what a prospect you were, the drummer. And he said <laughs> that if I worked with him in the telephone company, he would get me a job in the telephone company, but I would work in the pits, like down under the dirt ground and that. So I didn't know what to do. And I asked the most wise person that I knew, my mother, and I said, what should, nice. I, what should I do? And my mother said, well, I'll tell you, if you marry her and one of your friends makes it, you're going to hate her for the rest of your life because you'll always think that it was you that could have made it if you didn't go with her. I love your mother. So, what a wise thing to say. So we kind of broke up. I mean, I, I feel bad for the girlfriend, but you were kind of young anyway. But that was very wise of your mother, and, and also not what I would expect a mother to say to her son. No, to encourage you to follow your dream, that's yeah. huge. That's yeah, huge. well, she was a dream too, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah. Well, right, the girl was so, dream, but. So, uh, uh, you know, she had a lot to do with my going on because once that was I let that go I was able to like just totally concentrate on, on oh I see doing so she was a little bit of a of a distraction yeah yeah, a big yeah distraction yeah. you know but I mean once we broke up and I really like felt bad uh, you know I was heartbroken I would listen to songs that were like real heart ripper <laughs> out and, and so those songs stayed in my head, and, and you know, there's a great song called "Just One Smile" by Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Yes. Oh my God. So did yeah. did you ever get to see her later in life after you'd had success and have a conversation with her about it? No, you've never reconnected. I bet she's on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to start trouble. I, I I just saw three guys that I went to junior high school with for three years and. I just had lunch with them two days ago. It's kind of fun to I do that. I think she'll show up at one of my gigs. That would be really nice. Um, so, just so that she knows that it wasn't in vain, that like, yeah, you broke up with her, but look what happened. I mean, it was destiny, it was meant to happen. That kind yeah. of was your path. So you break up with the girl, what's the net, so you have this high school band, what happens? How, how, does, it, how does it turn into Billy Joel? Well, at the time I'm, I'm playing, um, with, with a band called the New Rock Workshop, and yeah. we're playing at a place called The My House in Plainview. The My House. Okay, I was just thinking of my father's place. No, my father's place, I just played there last weekend. Get it's out a of new here. There's a new one now, it's in the, it's in the Roslyn Hotel. Oh it's like my a supper God. club. Only 150 people. Wow, right. I saw many shows there. Anyway. The other one, yeah. 
at the My House. Yeah. And I'm in a band called the New Rock Workshop. I'm 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I remember she was online with me when the singer came out and asked me if I wanted to join the band. <laughs> what? Yeah, the, my the girlfriend was online. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I'm in this band, and we're playing. That happened. Somebody came out and asked them and asked you if well, you wanted to join uh, the band. I knew the singer from high school. Okay. And the drummer who was huh? getting drafted. So he walked out, and I was standing on the line to go see them, and he goes, "Hey, you still playing? You want to play with in the band? You know." Wow. And so you ended up playing with them? I ended up playing with them, and we did, um, uh, we played with other bands at the same time. Look, look at them, don't look at me, look at them. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> played with other bands at the yeah. same time, yeah. and one of those bands was the Hassles, and Billy was in the Hassles. Okay, so now how old is Billy at this time? Billy's probably 18, I'm 17. Okay. And we're just passing and saying hi like that, hi. Are you hearing each other's sets? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first time I ever heard Call It Rain, which was done by Traffic, yeah. and Steve Winwood singing it, was Billy singing it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so... And did he have it? He already had it. Yeah. You could tell he had it. He, he wasn't writing songs yet. Right. But... Um, he had that... He was playing organ, too. Oh. He wasn't playing piano. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And he All was right. Billy Joe. Right. Drop the L. Just listen. And so, what? Why did you pick it back up? I have no idea. Huh? Okay. So, so how do you guys end up? Well, in the audience watching me at this my house mm -hmm. is these two guys, Doug Stegmeyer and Russell Jabbers. We start a band called Topper. Right. Uh, we're starting to play. We're playing in clubs. We're getting older now. Now we're moving up into our. 20s. Okay. Right. And are you only doing music? Is that the way you're making Only your... doing music. I'm playing weddings, too. Okay, but you never had to take, like, a day job? Well, I worked with a plumber for a year. Okay. I did uh, work in a machine shop once. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so these two guys, we start this band called Topper. Okay. Now, Doug knows the guy who's the tour manager sound man for Billy. And Billy has gone Billy's to already solo. Billy's gone to California and he's already recorded Piano Man oh. and Street Life Serenader, two albums on Columbia. Okay. He's doing a Street Life tour. Who's and, backing him up? Well he's he's got studio musicians in the when he's making the records. Right. And he's got a band from California when he's touring. Okay. They need a new bass player. The sound man asks Doug Stegmeyer if he wants to play with Billy. Flies out to California, does a tour. On that tour, Billy says, I want to move back to New York, and I want the same band to record with me that uh -huh. would go on the road with me. Right. And I want a New York-style drummer, which meant aggressive. And you know. So Doug said, well, you know, you know the guy already, you know, because we had passed in the dark. You know? Right. So anyway... Uh, I auditioned for him, and I play all the songs from Piano Man and Street Life, and then he says, I got these new songs that I'm going to do, and the songs that eventually became the Turnstiles album, and he says, what would you do with these songs? Okay, now there's not, there's more than folklore that you have changed 
you changed a song completely that started out as a reggae song that you yeah, that, that's the later. Next okay, that's that's all right, so. all right, I'll shut up. Yeah. But so he says, what, what would you do with these songs? And he was surprised at how fast I learned the song and picked it up. He didn't know for 25 years that Doug had slipped me a tape of all the new material before I went in for my <laughs> So now, it. Be prepared. That's part of the lesson. So now we go into the studio. We record, start recording turnstiles, just Billy, myself, and Doug. Okay. Three piece, bass, drums, and piano. We're listening back, and Billy says, you know, here's some guitar on here. And Doug said, well, we know guitar players. And the two guitar players that were in Tapa come in the band too, Russell Javis and Howard Emerson. And so the Tapa band that we had became Billy Joel's band. Because ah. like I know Russell, the guitar player, um, since he, he was like 15 years old. Wow. And you guys still play together? Yes, we do, in the Lords of 52nd yeah. Street. Me, Russell, and Richie Canaba. And Richie, that's a whole not okay. So Richie, be so when did Richie become part of? Well, we're playing. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about uh, getting a sax player, you know. And uh, Doug's brother said that the, there was this sax player playing on a jingle that he did. So we went to this club on Long Island to hear this guy Richie play. We go back, report it to Billy. He's good. Bring him in. He comes in. We. We're recording Angry Young Man. Now, Angry Young Man is very aggressive, a lot of drums in it, piano going crazy and stuff like that. And Richie's like, where do I fit in? And then Billy says, I want you to play on this song. And he plays New York State of Mind. And that was the first song that Richie played on. Wow. And then Richie ended up playing not just sax, but he was, uh, there was Sax, organ, accordion, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was like the utility man, had to play everything. As a matter of fact, when he left the band, it took two guys to fill his shoes. Yeah, if that's so. So okay, so now, so now you've got this like dream band, and it's guys that you're all comfortable with, yeah. and that you've known, and fame comes fast, right? Well, Turnstiles sold fifty thousand copies. Is that all? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Then it went gold. It went gold in Australia, but you mm -hmm. only have to sell thirty-two thousand copies to go gold. So the next album we go in uh, is, is The Stranger, oh, that yeah. became The Stranger. And now he's got Phil Ramone to produce it. Now, Phil was famous for producing Sinatra, Streisand, Paul Simon, you know, doing all those, that, that kind of stuff. And it was so, actually, wait, so Billy's not like famous yet? No, no, he's got a cult following. Because I knew about him already. Yeah, but, got a cult following. Yeah. Playing yeah. colleges. So, um, Columbia was going to drop him if this next album didn't, wow. didn't do well. I, I have my gold albums re reissued, and it says Stranger, it says, for the sales of 10 million copies of it. It's just one of the, the greatest one. albums of all time. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous, it's, it's an unbelievable, so, okay, so now this is the album where a reggae song is no longer a reggae song because of you, what happened? Right, it's only a good day, huh? Yeah, which is like my favorite Billy Joel song of all time, by the way. Uh, okay, so. We're on the road. Yeah. And uh, he, he, we're in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we have some time off, and the, the circus is there at the same time, so me and the sound man are off to the circus, <laughs> come back a day later, and, and 
Billy comes down the hall with a guitar and he sings this song, All in a Good Diana. And the first thing I said, like, attack the Catholics with this, you know, growing up Catholic, like, oh no. So we get in the studio and we're trying to play it, and we're playing it reggae style. I can't even picture it that way. I tell them, you know, the closest you've ever been to Jamaica is the Jamaica train station where you train stations, the train on the you know. So I said, try it this way. And, um, it came up with the um, the swing thing that happens. But I ripped a lot of stuff off. I mean, the beginning of All in a Good Day Young, everybody's like, oh, it's so great, that doom It's uh, Up From the Skies by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. It starts the same way. And it has that same groove. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Hey, look. You got it. Good drummers borrow, but great drummers steal. <laughs> I mean, how many things can you do on the drums? You gotta take some from somebody. Wow, and that's like an iconic riff that will forever be associated with yeah. you and Billy Joel. Well, it's like you know, um, Bernard Purdy came up with the Purdy Shuffle mm -hmm. that he does on Babylon Sisters, but with Steely Dan, mm -hmm. and then. Um, John Bonham did it in Fool in the Rain, so he stole Bernard's thing. And then <laughs> Jeff Beccaro did it in uh, Rosanna. Wow. Wow. You know, so you just got to take it from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so now in these days, when you're, okay, so, so The Stranger comes out and boom, boom. right? Boom. boom. So now, what, what, like, what kind of venues are you playing before The Stranger? Are you playing like clubs? You're playing playing uh, small uh, clubs. We're on the Turnstile store, we were playing clubs, colleges, yeah, and opening for bands like the Beach Boys with no advertising at all. Wow. House lights go out, the crowd goes crazy, house lights come on, I mean the, the lights come on, and it's us, and you can hear the crowd go, yeah, oh. <laughs> And we're getting hit with beach balls. <laughs> oh my! So now, are, are, but it's but it's you guys. Are are you able to win over those crowds, or do they not want to hear? Well, it? people that have had seen us then later on told us we saw you guys then, and it was great. Right. You know, but it wasn't until somebody said that we could, we should probably play small theaters rather than opening up for a band, and that's right. how it built the crowd. Right. You know. So then people are coming to see you, and it's right. not boo and beach balls. Right. Yeah. So so the stranger comes out and boom. So like, how does it boom? Does it boom because it's all over the radio? And I mean, do you immediately go to playing arena? Like, what happens? Well, it, it becomes a hit another song that I fix really. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, Anthony's song, moving out. He, when, when he first wrote it, I, I went to his apartment and he says, I got this song, I'll play it for you. And he sang it like this. Anthony works in the grocery store, saving his pennies for someday. I said, Schmuck, that's Laughter in the Rain by Neil Sedaka. Oh. It was the same melody as Laughter in the Rain. Well, well he stole two. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you can't steal that. You that can steal drum licks, but yeah. you can't steal yeah, yeah. somebody's melody. Yeah, yeah. So he, he loved his lyrics so much. But the song was written because on the Turnstiles tour, we would like stay at Holiday Inns 
and we'd all go out and meet by the pool, and uh, we'd all play a part of me and Richie would live in the city, and I would be the, the cousin of Billy, and Billy moved to Long Island, and Richie would be the grandmother, and he'd have the, the little <laughs> napkin under his sleeve, and Billy would say like, We'd say like, wow, it's amazing what you've done with this place. And Billy would be like, you gotta come in and see the basement. We've got a bar down there and everything, pool table. You guys, and he'd be like, when are you guys gonna move out of the city? Come on, come on and move out to Long Island. There's no stress out here. And Richie would be like, I don't know. You know? And then all of a sudden he writes, moving out. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just done from a little improv that you guys yeah. are doing at the pool. Wow, that's cool to know that story, um, and and you and you influenced his changing that melody. Yeah, I told him he could get in trouble. Wow. So, it, well, yeah. Did he realize that it was the same melody? Yeah, after I told him, I said that's so before that left during the rain. Anyway. <laughs> so now, so all right, so you're impacting those, but you're not getting credit for that stuff, are you? No, we just, guys, we, we always thought that we were a band right. because we were treated like a band. Um, but he was the only one signed to the label, so. So, okay, so now in those early days, you're all getting, I'm assuming you're all getting along great and yeah. life is good. Oh, life is really good. Life is really good. Yes. Okay, so now, are you married yet? Nope. You're not married yet. Okay, so you're like a wild boy. You're, you're having that dream come true that that little high school boy had, that tall high school boy had, of having all those girls. Now you've got, now you're in this band and you're, you're touring and life is good. Um, yeah, I can, I can tell you things, but I think there's certain people watching that probably shouldn't hear it. So, so, so what is that life, what is that life like when all of a sudden you become stars what, what what is that how does your life change what is that you're like my, my friend Derek St. Holmes who played with uh, Ted Nugent he sang lead for mm -hmm. Ted he put it the best he goes you're like a pirate you go in you drink their booze you eat their food you have sex with their women and then you leave the next day you're like a pirate yeah, I see that. It's just, it was just like that. So you're just traveling around, living life, taking, taking, having a great time. You could stand at the bar in the hotel, you have a day off, mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of girls in the bar or something like that, and then uh, they're ignoring you. And then you come up with some stupid line like, um, could you tell me, uh, is there a watermelon around here? And then eventually they start talking. Uh, oh, obviously you're from, not from here. Uh, no, I'm, I'm in town. Uh, uh, my band is playing. Oh, where's your band playing? Um, the Normo Dome around the block. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, really? What's the name of your band? Let me tell you something, Carly. I was taking clothes off right now. <laughs> it, was, it was like that. It was like that. It was that. like that. It was stupid. <laughs> Really you just before you get the bill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 
But it's the, the weird part is that you become a different person. Did you become the, a different person? No, no, I mean to them. Oh, oh, you oh, oh, a oh, oh, person. right. You go from being the guy asking for the laundromat to a rock star. Yes. Yes, in like a, zero to... And how, why does that happen? Why? I don't know. I don't know why. Because we're so fixated on fame and celebrity and all of that stuff. I, I don't know. So... So so it happens, and they can take their clothes off right there. So do they get to meet Billy? No. No. You don't get to meet <laughs> Billy. So it's all like, it's all kind of just craziness, yeah. right? Yeah. And Billy's, but Billy's doing his own oh. version of that. Yes. Big time. Yeah. Uh, so, so, okay, so you're, so you're living this life, and, and it goes on for a long time. So but how? then 52nd Street comes along the next time, mm -hmm. and I, I, get I got married the first time during 52nd Street. So now, Billy was married, and I'm getting married. Who's Billy married to then? Chris? Elizabeth. Oh, oh, oh. The one who he wrote, I love you just the way you are, except change because I want Chris to bring Billy. But that's another story. No, like, no, he wrote, I love you just the way you are, and said, I'm writing this song for you. And when the divorce, she said, you said, that's my song. And she kept the song. Ooh, nice. Good, good going. She's very, that's quite she's a very, song. She's very bright. That's quite a she's song to have. How long, were they, how, how long was he with her? For a long time? Elizabeth? Yeah. Um, well, he moved from New York. He was playing the piano bar before he was signed to Columbia. He was with her. Uh -huh. So, so now you're married, guys, on the road. What? How does that affect well, your life? Well, back in the day, there was this, this like certain amount of mileage. Once you pass that, uh, uh, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh if you turn three times in a circle, then it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't me. It was Jack Daniels that did it. <laughs> Oh. oh, so that's the other thing. So there's a lot of drinking going oh, on. Oh, gosh. A lot yeah. of drugging oh, going yeah. on. Oh, there's yeah. all that going on. Quaaludes were big back oh, then. Yeah. So there's all that stuff going on. So so the first marriage for you, how long does that last? Five years. And then are there no kids? One. one. The oldest. Yeah. Okay, so there's one, one, one daughter with that one. Okay, so that ends, and you go back to your life of debauchery on the road and your rock stardom. So, so well that, that that ended because I went on the, I toured with Stevie Nicks. Oh, and that's where I met wife number two. Oh, so you moved from marriage to marriage. You didn't even have those that time no, in between. No. Uh, okay, right. So wife number two knew Stevie. Is that how? Wait, tell right. me. Tell wife the story. number two was Stevie's roommate. Okay, worked for Stevie's management or something. So this was confusing to me. While Liberty was touring with Billy, there'd be off times, and then you would tour. You toured with Stevie. Yes, That's I got a phone call. There. I got a phone call um, from Jimmy Iovine, mm -hmm. who was okay. now we know because of the documentary. Well, because we know from the Voice, isn't it the Voice? No. Idol, Idol, American Idol, right? Yes. Jimmy trained everybody on American Idol. Like right. he, he got became a face. Well, they, on American there's, Idol. there's a uh, Defiant one. Yes, yes. That documentary. He talks about his relationship with Stevie. Uh, Stevie talks about it that okay. they, they were having a, a relationship. Oh. So he calls me 
because Stevie's going to go out on her first tour by herself. Right. And he feels that she needs somebody else in the band that will take the focus off of her all the some of the time. You know, that's why Billy loved me in the band because people would look at me, uh, he, so he'd bend over and blow his nose, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at him. Uh, yeah, you're very yes. You're 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 quite a show, <laughs> drummer in a show. Yes, you are quite a show. But that's that's what's so great about you. Okay, so so he wanted Stevie to have that so she could have a yeah. minute to breathe. So I meet this other woman on the road, and that that is that. And then there's more babies. And uh, so, so okay, so you're you're out on the road. You're you're having kids. Billy's married. The other guys in the band are they married? Well, when I meet my second, uh -huh. Billy now meets Christy. Uh, and then the music changes too. The music changes. Innocent Man comes out. Wow. Innocent Man was huge. So now. Or are you guys still, as you're traveling around, are you still a band? Yes. Yeah. Billy, Billy's not. Okay. okay, so we go from The Stranger, right. 52nd Street, mm -hmm. Glass Houses. Mm -hmm. we're, we're a band in, on Glass Houses. Uh -huh. there's, there's only us playing on that record. Uh -huh. Other records had other guys come in and either play piano or organ right, and right. do some percussion overdubs. Mm -hmm. so it's just us on Glass Houses. Uh -huh. Glass Houses had. Still rock and roll to me. You may be right. Um, <laughs> a whole bunch of songs on there. Then came the Nylon Curtain. The Nylon Curtain is when Billy had his motorcycle accident and broke his thumb, so it took a year to make the Nylon Curtain. Oh wow! That's when him and uh, Elizabeth were kind of. Mm. And um, after, then came in the that after we recorded Innocent Man, that's when I went on the road with Stevie. And that's, Billy had met Christy in the beginning of Innocent Man. Mm -hmm. He went out with El McPherson before that. Wow, he got some beauties. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a rock star. <laughs> he's Billy Joel. <laughs> I guess that can happen. I guess that happens when you're Billy Joel. Yeah. And you're selling gazillions of records and you're Headline, yeah, I mean, okay, so but he so, wrote some beautiful songs on, on when he, he met Christy. Oh I mean, Uptown Girl is on there, is, Tell Her About is on there, oh my Leave God. a Tender Moment Alone is on there, uh, For the Longest Time is on there. I love that song. I Samantha, played, Samantha's sitting there going, Yes, yes. Sitting, I'm sitting on the plane with Stevie Nicks' plane, and I play it for Jimmy Iveen. Play what? The Innocent Man. Oh, oh, uh huh. He takes it off and he goes, that's really good, but I want to produce the album when he breaks up with her. <laughs> <laughs> because those songs would be way dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so, so everybody's happy, everybody's in love, everybody's singing these happy songs and living this life. What's your life like when you're at that stage of success. What does your life look like? How is it different than before? Oh, we're staying in better hotels. Yeah. <laughs> we're traveling nicer. Yeah. You know, it's nicer to travel. We're making some more money. 
You're not making the stupid money that Billy's making. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But you're doing well. Yeah. I'm. I was able to support a family. That's all. Well. On paper, at one time, because I invested some money, I became a millionaire. Mm -hmm. But then that went away when <laughs> the next divorce happened. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to start all over again because, see, when my second divorce happened, see, for my first divorce, I was paying alimony and child support. Second divorce, the second wife said she would never do that. But when we got divorced, she wanted alimony. So we were living in Florida at the time, and they, the lawyers said that uh, if you go to court with her, they will uh, award her lifetime alimony, even if she gets married again, you still have to pay her. That's really? the law in Florida, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so I just said, look, if you want alimony for 20 years, why don't you just take everything and leave me alone? Wow. <laughs> wow. So I, so because I was, uh, I still had Billy. Right. But then, Billy, ended. Okay. So, how much time was there in between the t that happening, where your marriage ended and Billy ended? How much time was there? There was uh, one more ten week tour. Just ten weeks ten is weeks. all you got. Ten weeks. So you gave everything away and you ten and weeks you got thinking that because we were going out every year for ten weeks. That was good money, you could live on it. Right. And then put it only one more to go. Okay, so what now, so what year is this when, when it comes to an end with Billy? 2003. Okay, so that's just about sober time, right? Yes, because I'm with Anna now, my wife now. Third wife. Yes, and I'm drinking like... Now, she's younger than me, and her friends are younger than me. Okay. But I'm keeping up with them. Thinking I'm keeping up with them. So how'd you meet her? How'd you meet Anna? You know David Fischoff. I don't think I do. Yeah, well, he used to um, manage um, the monkeys and Ringo. Wow, okay. I so, know you know, after I, I was separated from my second wife, I started to date, and eventually you go out to dinner, and eventually the question comes up, so what's Billy Joel really like, you know? When I met Anna, she never asked that question because she really didn't care about what Billy Joel was like or that I was the drummer for Billy Joel because she worked with Ringo Starr, you know? Wow. So it was like, it was perfect. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so um, I moved, that's when I moved back to New York when I met Anna. So... And I'm oh. keeping up. Okay, so you're, so, so you're, you're, oh, you're I'm, I'm an angry old man now, you know, <laughs> getting older, and I'm angry. What are you angry about? I, I don't have anything anymore. Wait, oh, so you're already, you're already done with Billy? Uh, yes. Okay, so I, I know there's only some things you can talk about and some things you can't, but what, what can we say about why there was an end with Billy? Well, I think it was because, um... <laughs> When he started the show Moving Out, mm -hmm. it was on Broadway, mm -hmm. a lot of the guys, when we, when we were on the road, um, they would come up to me and go, hey, have you heard your replacements yet? 
you know, Billy was paying us, I was the highest paid in the band, and those guys bought Broadway, they don't make a whole lot of money. So I guess Billy thought, well, I The guys who play Broadway don't make a lot, Samantha wants to do Broadway. Well, I don't know about actors and actresses, but <laughs> they bands, don't. They don't make money either. They make union scale the bands. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And how long do they play for? An hour and a half, two hours. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of money. Yeah. So. So, um, you know, Billy doesn't like to rehearse, and then he doesn't have to pay that that money that he was paying us. So it was all a money thing. I just think we got sick of each other. Thirty years, a long time. Yeah, it's like a divorce. So how did you find out that that wasn't happening anymore? I, he was getting married to his third wife, Kate, the chef. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was, didn't get an invitation. And so I called the keyboard player in the, in the, uh, in the band and I said, uh, wow, it's weird, man. I guess we're not invited to his wedding. And the keyboard player said, I got my invitation. And there had been nothing to indicate prior to that? that no. Nothing. And did you ever get a phone call? Did you get a... No. Nothing. Just... You called up to tour manager and he said, what happened? He goes, I, I can't say anything because you know, you know the way Billy is, I might lose my game too. Wow. That's I wrote cool. a letter. I wrote a letter. Did he answer it? No. Stuck around his wardrobe place. <laughs> so everybody could see it. Really? It's a personal letter to him, yeah. So have you guys had an opportunity to mend from that? Have you ever had an opportunity to have your say with him? I did, yes. When well, I everybody thinks I was suing him for royalties. No, I wasn't. I was I when we made videos back in the day, mm -hmm. they were for promotional videos. Right. MTV would use them for promotion. Right. Nobody got paid. But now they're being sold in Kmart and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, I'm on it. Where's my money? We weren't getting anything. So there's lots of those. Yes. And also, when The Stranger tur turned 30, 25 years old or something like that, they put out a lie from Carnegie Hall that I don't think we have a deal for. So I went after him for that, too. Mm -hmm. But um, what, <laughs> I got... My friend, who used to uh, represent me when I got tickets, traffic tickets and mm -hmm. stuff like that, his son got into the music business on the law side. Okay. So he was representing me. I'm sitting on, on, at the table myself because they wanted us to just talk first before actually. Like an arbit like arbitrate kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, yeah. So there's me, my friend, and his son. Okay. On the other side of the table is Billy, the Eastman Law Firm. Linda Eastman? Eastman? It, her family. Right. Columbia Records, and the Beatles lawyers. Oh, oy, oy, But I, I got to tell him about a film. And how did that go? Well. Did he receive it? I don't think so, because the money that I was offered at first went away. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because you opened your mouth? Yeah, because I told him what I thought. Mm -hmm. 
He actually looked at me and he said, you're not here for my money, you're here because you're pissed at what I did. I said, yep, money won. <laughs> did you, did, and you, you weren't able to, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't victorious in that case? Well, I was victorious because I, I got closure, because mm -hmm. I told him, you know, I got to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And nothing since? Nothing, except um, when Hired Gun came out. Which, t tell us a little bit, bit about, which I saw, I was, thank you, I got to go to the premiere, thanks to, to you. Uh, tell us a little bit about Hired Gun. Hired Gun is a story about the guys who work behind the stars drums, bass, guitar, singers, everybody. And uh, it tells... It's a fabulous film. It, it's a documentary, and it tells what it's really like. And it, it really does. It, I mean, it does yeah. to me as a layman, but it does it for you as... Oh, yeah. When, when, when Rob Zombie talks about when somebody leaves a band, what it takes to replace that person, you know, and he, and he says, you know, there's a thousand people that can play the part, and then there's a uh, hundred people that look good on stage, and then there's maybe ten people that can move the way you want them to, and then there's maybe two people that you can get along with on the bus. <laughs> you know, and it cuts down from those thousand people to two right. people. You know, yeah. so you know, and the guys when they talk about like, hey, I went to my, uh, I went to the ATM machine and there was no money coming out. You know, somebody's got to get a job here. Yeah. So yeah, it it really tells what it's like. I actually I was in touch with Franz Drine today. That's you the, are? yeah. Um, it's it's an amazing film, and 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 you're featured. Uh, yes. Very nicely. Me, uh, Rudy Sarzo, and Kenny Aronoff. Uh, the three that are featured the most. Yes, you are. Cause yeah. It's quite wonderful. So how did that how did that impact your? Well, Fran was on uh, the road doing the video stuff for. Um, Five Finger Death Punch, which um, uh, Jason Hook is in. And uh, Jason had the idea of doing a documentary. Fred said, what do you want to do it about? And Jason said, I want to do it about me. Because Jason, you saw in the video, used to play with Mandy Moore. And which is Mandy Moore. We watched This Is Us. Yeah, and, and now, now he plays with that Five Finger Death Punch, which is a That's a very big... Oh, it's a big jump. <laughs> it's a big jump, yes. He played with Alice Cooper, too, and a, a bunch of people, so he wanted to do a documentary for him. And then um, Fran said, well, can we make it a little more interesting? <laughs> Why don't we do it about side guys? Uh -huh. and, and then Jason said, well, we have to get Larry to meet up because he's played with Billy for 30 years, and that's unheard of in this business. Absolutely. So I was the first one that they called. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my biggest disappointment about Hired Gun is that is what I'm wearing, because I always get these calls. I'm wearing these dumb shorts that like come down to here, and I'm wearing just a regular black T-shirt and um, an old hat, you know. And everybody else is wearing leather jackets and they're looking fine. Kenny's got his black on, his shades, because I get calls all the time. Hey, we're doing a documentary. Oh, so you didn't think much of it? I thought, oh, it's going to be none of those. You know, it's going to be home. like this, sitting in Vicky's mother's living room? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were in my living room. They're, do, they're, they're filming me in my, in my living room at home. Right. I'm thinking, ah. Oh. 
who knew it was going to be like it's a smash on Netflix it's fantastic <laughs> oh my god that's hysterical so they, did you do that all in one day no 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 I did I did one interview one when I was at the NAMM show but I was still pissed at people and friends said we, we, can't, we can't use this and he came to, to New York and we did it in a couple of days we went all over the places that I played we we filmed at the uh, the Lincoln Center. We we filmed at not Lincoln Center. We filmed at Carnegie Hall, the the Garden, you know, all yeah. places that I played. But they didn't use a lot because they had forty hours of film, mm -hmm. and they had to cut it down to like what was it, an hour and a half? Yeah. So okay, so so the Billy thing. So the Billy thing ends for you. What had his life go on from that? Ooh. I mean. So now you're in third marriage. It was that that was hard. What, I'm what, not married yet. Get, not what? married yet. Oh, you're not married no, yet. No. Why? Why did you get sober? This is an important question. The reason I got sober was because I, I was at the point where I was like drinking anything and combining things. Yeah. Know, like, there, there, there was a point when I when I would leave the table and people left drinks. I just finished them as I was walking out, oh. and then throwing up on my shoes. Yeah. You know, not good, not good. <laughs> and one day I woke up, and this young woman laying next to me said, "Okay, I don't like this the way you drink, and um, it's either you keep drinking or we break up. You know, or it's over. So it's me or the booze." And that said, doesn't usually work. Oh, I said, "When do you want me to stop?" She said, "Now would be nice." Okay. Stop. Yeah. You never had another drink after that? No. Now, I don't go to AA, but I have a life coach. So do I. Yeah. She's great. I leave Berlin. She lives out in California. So she you don't go to meetings? No. I don't go to meetings. I. Uh, and you stayed sober a long time? Yes. Because uh, I have a lot of people around me, like Ricky Bird and Billy J. Kramer. You know, they go to me. I, I just gave Billy J. Kramer his 32-year coin you know, at, a, at a meeting, and um, yeah. So one th this past winter, I, I had a this this kind of falling out with my wife, and and I just left the house. It was like below zero outside, and I just kept walking. And you get so aggravated that you can actually taste beer again, you know. What? And and yeah, and it's like. You know how many bars there are between where you left and where you're gonna go before you come back home again. And I, I almost called my life coach, and I, I was just gonna say, I don't want you to give me a lecture, just say don't do it. And all I could think about was how disappointed Ricky would be, Billy J. Kramer would be, you know, all these people that I know that are, are in this little group with us. You know, and it just that was over. enough. Yeah. So talk about Clean Getaway a little bit and what you guys are doing. Ricky's been writing some great uh, recovery. Ricky songs. Bird, for those of you who don't know, um, is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was uh, the guitarist in the Black Arts, Joan Jett in the Black Arts, and he started this Clean Getaway thing with with, yeah. with Liberty and and uh, um, there's a bunch of you in there. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Um, uh, and he, um, he's been writing these recovery songs that are really, really good. 
And the purpose of this, my understanding, is to help kids get sober through rock and roll and know that there's a life after being sober, right? Well, well, the, thing, yeah, well the thing is, is that, you know, where do you hear rock and roll? In a bar. Yeah. Well, some guys and girls don't want to go into bars anymore, but they still want rock and roll. So we have this thing with Ricky, um, the clean getaway thing, and we'll play festivals. We're playing one in um, September, I think. September 22nd, out in Pennsylvania somewhere. We're going to go out there and play. Fantastic. But, it, but I think also, I know that Ricky made a big point of making sure that there were CDs so that when he would go into treatment and recovery centers, yes. he could give kids these CDs and they could, first of all, have the message of recovery in, in a rock and roll form, but yeah. also know that you can still rock and be sober. Right. And that, that you guys are an example of that. He writes some songs with Richie Super. And, you know, right. And uh, we played with Aerosmith and wrote songs and, with and they've, they've written incredible songs together. Oh my God, he's, he just wrote a new one. Uh, it's called, I can't remember what it's called, but it is so moving. All the Clean Getaway stuff is fantastic. A, a stronger it's called. When, when, you, when you fall, you come back stronger. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I think that's true. Yeah. So also, you've got a few other things going on. So you, you play with the Slim Kings. Slim Kings. Slim Kings and my band, we write all our own material, we've had placements on TV, and uh, they're young, they're, you know, one's 30, the other one's like 32. So how did that happen? Well, Michael, uh, Michael Seckleburner, he's a songwriter, mm -hmm. and he, he was making his own album, and he had some songs that he wanted to demo, and he found me on MySpace, that's how long ago it was. <laughs> Found me on MySpace, and he said, "Would you play on some of my demos?" And I said, "Well, send me some. I want to hear it first. You know, before I say yeah." And uh, he was quite good. And um, then he had a friend come from California, and they were going to write some songs. And he asked me if I wanted to come over and do, uh, write with them. And I said, "What do you ask me to be in a band with you?" <laughs> and and then we got Andy. Uh, and he um, plays bass, mm -hmm. and he writes too. Mm -hmm. He plays a lot um, with the hip hop guys in New mm -hmm. York. Mm -hmm. So there's old school me. There's Michael that has the rock, new mind, mm -hmm. and there's Andy with the hip hop, and the combination is really cool. Very cool. Yeah. And you well, have, do you have a gig coming up? Yeah, we're playing at the um, the Iridium. Well, Kristen nice Allman's going to play with us. Nice. Uh, she's going to, our band's playing. Mm -hmm. I think she wants to go first or something like that. But um, yeah, that's like in September sometime. And, and you guys are going to do some recording, you said? Yeah, we, uh, we already did uh, three albums. <laughs> Only two came out. Um, and we're doing another one. We're going to go to Daptone Studios where Amy Winehouse recorded. Mm -hmm. This one's going to be a little more R&B. Like, I think we're going to add horns and stuff. And, you know, could be cool. Maybe have a little Richie Kanata in there. Ma Richie came and played with us. <laughs> we do a song uh, called, uh, uh, what's it called? Hunger. And Richie came and played with us. Oh, it sounds so good. I bet. I bet. And so, and another thing that I know about you is you have something about kids and in musical instruments. You have like a... Little Kid Rock. 
A Little Kids Rock. So what's that about? That Little Kids Rock was started by a guy, uh, Dave Wish. He was a school teacher out in California. Mm -hmm. He saw kids hanging out after school. He was in the worst part of LA. And um, he said, look, I will teach you kids how to play guitar. Play guitar. And uh, he started out, but you gotta stick with it, you know. He started out with 20 students. Mm -hmm. And now um, Little Kids Rock puts the hand, puts instruments in the hands of kids where the, the, the curriculum of music has been taken out of the school, mm -hmm. puts the instruments back again, and now over half a million kids have gone through wow. Little Kids Rock. Wow. Yeah. And we do a gala every year to raise money, mm -hmm. and um, this year it's in November, and I know Trombone Shorty is playing with us. Oh, Shorty. Yeah, New Orleans. <laughs> um, he's playing with us. And, uh, like we've, we've played with uh, Smokey Robinson, played with wow. Ryan Wilson. And, wow. Yeah. yeah very cool. cool. Very cool. Bruce so, Springsteen. Really? Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So, so Liv, uh, it's been a life well lived and a lot of big life and then a humbling and and now this life of this very simple life of being a full-time dad and being with your daughter all the all, all day and stuff and having your other daughters thriving which is fantastic so obviously you've done something right because their lives are are full and rich and good um, is there anything that you well, what would make you happy in these coming up for you well you know, it's a, what's amazing is that I do, do the Lords of the Secretary. Right, we didn't even talk about that. That's with Richie Cannata. It's the, it's the Billy Joel band, basically, the, right? Yeah, Richie Cannata and Russell Jabbers from the band. We're the guys that played on those records, and, you know. I love uh, when you say we're not doing a cover band because we were the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you Yeah, the other day I, we played a song and I, and I went in front of the stage and I said, that sounded just like the guy on the record, didn't it? <laughs> because it is the guy on the record. Yeah. Um, no, we're not a, we're not a, a tribute band. We, we Who, who's up front singing? This guy, Dave Clark. He, not Dave Clark, five Dave Clark. No, but I, every time we introduce him, I do play that at the beginning of Play All Over. <laughs> but uh, uh, he, he not only sounds like Billy, he looks like Billy. The thing that's it's different between Billy now mm -hmm. and us is that Billy has dropped the keys to the songs you know, because oh. he can't sing as high anymore. Uh -huh. So, but we do them in the same keys as the record. Wow. So we sound more like the record than Billy does. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So what kind of venues are you guys doing? Well, we play theaters, like nice. you know, Thousand Seats. Nice. Like that. We're playing on uh, September 1st, we're playing at the, um, the winery, City Winery. I, I'm, I'm leaving that day, or I would have been there. Oh my God! And that's a really nice place. That's yeah. a great, a great venue. Well, so so is this fulfilling and satisfying you to be doing these things, the Kids Rock, to be doing the Lords of Fifty Second Street, to be doing the Clean Getaway? If is there something more that you'd like, or or is life good? Okay, life is really good. The dream I always had. Like, what is the difference between what Ringo did for the Beatles and what I did for Billy? 
There is no difference. But Ringo was in a band that made it big. So he was equal to the other three guys that were in that band. I wasn't. And I've always wanted to be in a band that the guy, all the guys in the band went up and said, thank you for my Grammy, you know, or something like that. Not just one guy going up and going, mm -hmm. you know. And everybody thinks that that one guy did all the work. Right. You know. So there's always that, but. Well, there's still time for that to happen. Well, there is. Yeah, there is. And everything changes now because everything is possible because music gets out there yeah. in such massive ways. Yep. Well, I um, I know that you're that guy, and mm -hmm. I know there are a lot of people out there who know you're that guy. I mean, you, you have there's a lot of love for you out there, and huge fans, and everybody that I know that's in the business, every musician I know, you're you're God. You're you're you are you are the guy. So um, uh, I hope that's worth something. Uh, it's um, it's a strange. It's strange. The, the, probably the greatest feeling in the world is is to inspire somebody. So like when somebody comes up to me and goes, you're the reason I play drums. Because I know that's why I felt about Ringo. You're the reason I play drums. And when I, when I told Ringo, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. He wow. said, well, at least you're not blaming me for it. <laughs> so, uh, so when somebody says that to me, and then I say, do you still play? And they say yes, and I say you in a band, and they say like something like Matchbox Twenty or something like that. It's like, <laughs> whoa, that's pretty cool, you know. Wow, that's great. Do you do you mentor? Do you do you teach? Not, yeah, not so much teach, but I mean, did did guys get in touch with you on Facebook and say oh, and yeah. ask you yeah, questions, questions yeah. and all that? Yeah, kind of you stuff. get everything from the questions like. Uh, I'm having problems with my pedal. What pedal should I get? Or how did you do that thing in this song? And you know, to dumb before you play now. Well, but dumb, yeah. But it's nice that you're accessible. You, you. The thing that's amazing is that I'm. I think I play better now than I did when I was a Billy. I play harder now. You know. I've seen you play. I'll attest to that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming to my mother's tent. <laughs> and and uh, thank you so much, Liberty. I, I adore you, and um, and I hope that all those dreams come true. Um, you deserve them. You've earned them. How long have we pl uh, played? How long have we known each other now? I actually we met in the eighties in the in the club days it, the, when I was doing like my rock jams and stuff. You said it a few times, so that's like nineteen eighty six or something. So. We weren't alive then. No, I, I, it's been a while. But but actually, we reconnected at, at Nam um, about I don't know ten years ago. That's and Facebook helps to keep yeah. everything. And then I had seen you when we played with what's that guy? Oh yeah. Um, oh God, you and Ricky like played. Um, Richard Marks? Was it Richard no. Marks? No, it wasn't Richard Marks. Who no, was it? No, the other guy. Yeah. Jesse's girl. Jesse's girl. Who is that? Who, um, who wrote oh, Jesse's girl? It's before her time. Oh my God. I, um, why am I thinking? I would know if I heard it, but I wouldn't be able you to don't know name. You, I do know the song. I would know it. I know. Who the hell was that? 
it was a good show. Um, oh my God, this is so bad. Yeah. Rick Springfield. Thank you. Rick Springfield, that's right. <laughs> Rick Springfield. Yes. He's like so famous, we're both sitting here going, I don't know. Yeah, I got, I got to play with a lot of good people. You play with amazing people. So, uh, that was my last question. So, sessions, no, you don't do that stuff anymore? You don't yeah, I do. You do? I, I just did a, uh, the album just came out by this guy, uh, Jesse Kinch, Kinch, something like that, uh -huh. on Curve Records. I did that. He had everything done, and he just wanted live drums. So I did 16 and no, songs in two days. Wow. And and what about like going on the road with somebody again? Would you do that? Depends on who it is. Mm -hmm. Because it really puts a strain on a relationship. Yeah. And you've got a baby. Yeah. And you, something goes wrong. I remember when uh, I used to get phone calls from home and uh, the mother was fighting with the daughter or whatever. And you're helpless. You, you can't do anything. You're you know, a thousand miles away. So you're enjoying being home? I do. I like it. I like the way the Lords go out for a short time. We'll go away for four days, come home, and we'll go out again. Florida's coming up in February. It might be a little longer than that. But Florida's a nice place to be. <laughs> in February. Not to live, but, but to be. But especially in February. Well, thank you so much for coming out. Thank and you. I adore you. And, um, and thank you for with the music. I love you. Mwah. See you next week on the road taken. Thanks, Samantha.